Zach, I got a new sound for you. Let me hear it. What does that remind you of? A cool spring breeze gliding across our window pane. And directly into our hallway. Right. Because the crevice. our window's actually still broken, everyone. It is. I, we know why you clicked on this episode. Yes, Hunter was awesome. His content was amazing. You want to learn more about the Enneagram, how it deals with risk, but... It's not as important as how our window's doing. And it's still holding strong with five strands of duct tape. Yeah. It's amazing what you can do. And also, we want to give a shout out to our university. Right. DBU has been great. We've reached out, sent in a maintenance request. They are coming to fix it very soon. Like, right. it, we're not we're not helpless. No. We're just we're it's, just on our way. It's just also funny. Yeah. Our window was just beaten in by wind. It is. And it's just, it's nothing that DBU could have done differently no. or anything like and that. And we couldn't have prepared for no, it. No, we... We, frankly, we were barely prepared. I'm just glad we had a roll of duct tape. I too. It shows you, you can be prepared for a lot more than you think you are with you a really roll of duct can, tape. really can because duct tape can take you a long way. It can. I am a huge believer in duct tape. I know you are. I it's love actually, it. It's actually one of probably your top five favorite things of all time. I think so. I, I mean, it's so practical. You can use it for anything. Like, I mean, what, what can duct tape not do? Think of something duct tape can't I, do. I can't think of that, Zach. But I do want to ask the listeners, if you guys, at the end of this, think through it. If you enjoy our bonus episode coming to you on a Wednesday, does this work with your weekly schedule? Should we do more of these? Right. We're all about our listeners here at the Next Generation Leader Podcast. Of course. And so please feel free, hit us with some feedback. Find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, all of the things. And we want to hear from you. Do you like Wednesday episodes? Right. I like it. I mean, I, I'm sitting here on Wednesday because we we feeling like pretty a, good. We love a little Hunter Mobley. I mean, he's back. What am I going to do? I'm starting to feel stressed. Oh, I'm just going to listen and figure out what I'm about to do. <laughs> Each Enneagram type has a different thing that they do or they go. It's actually very interesting, Cooper. Each Enneagram number shifts to a different number under stress. Wow. So it's like, say I'm this number. Mm -hmm. I get stressed out. I then shift to the good and bad parts of this number. Yeah. And I think some of the numbers would surprise you. Yeah. Of like, it's almost just complete opposites. I, I, I'm actually excited to hear it. It's very interesting. I mean, I loved it. Amazing episode. Yeah. So thankful for y'all for sticking around. Do you think we should maybe say welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe that great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Great leaders are for their successes and mistakes, but... Dang, good leaders are from Thursday. Welcome to the Next Generation Leader Podcast, where we believe great leaders are listeners, especially during their youth. Good leaders learn from their successes and mistakes, but great leaders learn from the successes and mistakes of those who go before them. I'm your host, Zach Funderburg, here with my co-host, Cooper McCullough. You know, we got a little off script here for the bonus episode. <laughs> it's a bonus episode. It's a, it's a Wednesday. What do you we just, we just caught. You just, it feels like you're sitting in our studio today. You're here. Welcome. Welcome, guys. It's Zach, Coop, and Hunter. Oh, just the three of us. Just yeah, so the three, three of us. us. Yeah. We're going to make it if we're stressed. Come on. Yeah. Man. Learn more about the Enneagram. Yep. It helps you lead yourself, helps you lead others. Here it is. Bonus episode with Hunter Mobley. Stick around for the whole thing. You don't want to miss it. Well, Hunter, welcome back. It's good to have you Thank back. You. I'm so it's, glad to be back. It's been so long. <laughs> I know. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk about stress. Stress awesome. in the Enneagram, how they, how they correlate, how each number responds to stress, how they deal with stress. And I think this is so important, especially in today's time. We're it's dealing so with important. so much, a, a global pandemic. So how yes. does each person on your team deal with stress? We're going to walk through the numbers and I'll let you take it away um, however you want to start. Well, thanks for having me back, Zach. It's great to talk to you. And I'm excited to talk about stress in the Enneagram because we are in a time of community stress. We're all, we've all got our own stuff that we had before this global health crisis, but right. now we've got this extra layer of uncertainty. Many of us are uncertain about jobs. 
many of us are uncertain about uh, relationships and, mm-hmm. and income and family and if everybody's going to be healthy. So I think the, the gift of the Enneagram in this season is it has a lot to say to us about stress to help us actually manage our stress in really healthy ways. Mm. So let me, let me intro by saying this, the Enneagram is dynamic. It's not static. It represents some movement in it. So you've got a core number. And if you, if you're not sure what Enneagram number you are, go back and listen to, to Zach right. and I talking, you know, one of the, one of the earlier episodes, um, get an Enneagram book to read, you know, find, figure out what number you are first. But once you know your number, Every number takes a move in stress and goes toward a different number and takes on some extra behaviors from a different number in stress. So, so let's talk about that. Okay. You are a core number. So, so for example, I'm not going to tell you where all the nine numbers go, but let's just, let's just pick on you for a second, Zach. I love it. So you're three. Okay. You go to nine in stress. So let's talk about that move. Um, threes are about efficiency. Threes are about productivity. They're about success and they're about goals. But when a three is stressed long enough, um, a three will flip over to nine and doesn't become a nine, but you go toward nine and pick up some extra behaviors for nine. But the big newsflash and why we got to talk about this is you can pick up good stuff from nine or you can pick up bad stuff. Gotcha. So if you're going, if you're three and you're in stress, you're going intuitively toward nine and getting some extra behaviors. The good stuff you could go get from nine would be um, you could kind of slow down a little bit. You could take inventory a little bit. You could say, well, maybe this isn't a time for me to do more. Maybe this is a season for me to do less and maybe Mm -hmm. that's okay. Um, But the bad stuff that you could go pick up from nine would be the stuff where it's like, okay, now I'm just going to numb out and now I'm just going to go into my hole and I'm just going to get under the covers with the Netflix remote and never come out. of. That might be some bad stuff you could pick up from nine as a three. So the news for us with the Enneagram is your number that you go to in stress, it can help you out of a crisis. Or if you go there in an unhealthy way, it can make the crisis bigger. Hmm. But you get to choose. This is the big news flash. So if you know this about yourself, if you know where you go in stress, now you can say, now I need to know what does that stress number look like when it's healthy? And what does it look like when it's unhealthy so that I can know how I'm doing and I can know if actually I'm, I'm picking up some bad stuff that's going to make this whole crisis worse for me, or if I'm picking up some good stuff that's going to help me get out of the crisis. Right. That's fascinating. So, so I want to just kind of tell your listeners where each number goes to in stress and just talk very quickly about, yeah. you know, maybe one good thing and one bad thing that you could pick up. Let's do but, it. But the, the homework for everybody is once you know what, where you go in stress, now you need to learn some about that other number. You need to learn maybe from some friends who are yeah. that other number. Ask a friend who's that number, you know, what does it look like when you're healthy and what does it look like when you're unhealthy? So That's I can good. recognize that in myself. Yeah. So let's start with nines this time. We started with ones okay. last time. So we'll, we'll, go, we'll go backwards. I'm going to have to change my paper. I want those nines to know that their presence matters. Okay. So nines go to six in stress. Okay. 
And so the great thing about that is six is a little bit more of an external number than nine. So, so when nines go to six in stress, they can actually move from isolation into community. That's great. That's a beautiful thing that can help them in stress. But a bad thing that nines can pick up from six is some of that worst case scenario spiral where they just think, Oh my gosh, it's never going to get better. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Hmm. Now eights go to five in stress. And that's a big difference. Let's just stop there for a second. I know. Wow. That kind of surprised me. It does. It surprises everybody because eights have the most energy on the Enneagram and fives have the least energy on the Enneagram. Right. So it's a really, it's a really big shift. But when eights go to five in stress, if they go pick up healthy behaviors from five, it's where eights can actually recognize that their energy is not limitless. Huh. Because see, here's here's how eights get themselves into trouble. Eights are going, 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 going. They think their energy will never run out. Right. They think their stamina will never run out until they hit a wall. And gotcha. then when they hit a wall, they crash. But if eights go get some healthy stuff from five, they can see that wall from a mile away. They can see it approaching so they can start slowing down and pacing so that they don't have to crash into the wall. They can maybe just bump into the wall. Huh. And it's almost like eights realizing they're not invincible and, exactly. and their, their tank does empty out. Exactly. Because the strength of fives, you know, is fives know that they're limited hmm. and you know, that's a, that's a strength and a weakness for fives right. sometimes, but, right. but eights need to need to take on a little bit of that knowledge of their own limitations. Hmm. And so then when eights, if they go get unhealthy stuff from five, it's that's where eights will move into deep isolation and, um, really protect themselves from the world and kind of almost hunkered down from the world, almost put like a, the fence is up, the drawbridge is up. Right. And, and that's kind of an unhealthy way that eights can respond in stress. Right. So if you, so if you know an eight, you love an eight, you want, and you see them going to isolation, is that when you dive in and you want to pull them out of that because you realize they're going into their like safety net, their, their comfortability. Absolutely. You've, if you said, yes, if you love and know an eight, you've got to kind of learn what it looks like for them to just ramp down or go into isolation. But once you kind of know that, if you see them just really putting the drawbridge up, you've got to sort of lovingly kind of go get them. Um, know that they are safe, know that you're trustworthy, know that you all can kind of manage this and get through this together, but you don't want them to just shut down and close down. Hmm, that is so good. That, that really surprised me how an eight went to a five. I, I was I not, not expecting that. I, I, exactly. They're really different numbers. Huh, um, sevens go okay. to one. Really? And so, which again are very different. Yeah. These and are all kind, kind of, of a, blowing my mind here, Honor. Yeah. Honor. yeah. And that's why it's so cool how knowing this can really help us in times of stress. Because when sevens go to one in a healthy way, sevens can go from, I'm doing lots of things. I'm, you know, changing all the time. I'm adapting. I'm doing lots of things. I've got my hands in a lot of different pots to the one thing of, let me do one thing and let me do it really, really well. Hmm. That's a good thing for sevens to do in stress is to say, hold on, let's not just, you know, be in a million different directions, doing a million different things, trying different things. Let's come back to the one thing that we know is really ours to do. Let's do it really well. Um, Let's perfect it, maybe even. 
that's a good thing for sevens to do in stress is say, well, let's, let's turn the options down a little bit right. and let's focus on one or two things and do them well. Now, when sevens go to one in an unhealthy way, though, they actually pick up some of the judginess and self-righteousness of a one. Okay. So if you see a seven who all of a sudden is just like their way or the highway, and they are just becoming very self-righteous and judgy, that's a little bit of a clue that they're sort of in that unhealthy one space and stress, um, and that they've chosen that rather than choosing the high side of one, which is doing something really well and finishing something, seeing things, seeing things to completion. Right. Um, so yeah, this yeah. crazy, crazy. It's they're so they're so these numbers are so different. So then when sixes are in stress, sixes actually go to three. Okay. And so here's the cool thing about that. If, if sixes go to three in a healthy way, what that can mean is all of a sudden sixes who usually are always worried about the group doing well can worry in a healthy way about them doing well mm-hmm. and can kind of say, well, also, yeah, I want the group to succeed, but I also want to succeed too. And so let me put my needs first also too, because I'm right and I've got um, good goals to meet and let me put some of my needs to the forefront. That's a good thing for sixes to do. Right. Um, also, you know, one of those healthy things is threes trust themselves more than sixes do. So, as a six, if you are in stress and you're trying to pick up some healthy stuff from three, what that healthy stuff can lead you to is trust yourself, mm-hmm. trust your own inner guidance. You don't need to get anybody else's opinion all the time. Right. Um, but then when sixes go to the unhealthy side of three, that's where sometimes they can get a little narcissistic and a little oriented just to their own achievement or to their own success. And it's really uncharacteristic of them. And right. they can kind of just um, start navel gazing a little bit too much. Huh, that's good. So if you know and love a six, what are some signs that they're going into this narcissistic mindset and how do you pull them out? Absolutely. So if you see a six uh, who usually is so group referenced, if you see them kind of abandon the good of the group, that's a sign. That's a little bit of a strange sign for a six. If sort of the decisions that they're making are not good for the community, but are only good for them, that's a sign. And, you know, it's always tricky to pull people out of stress because right. that's just a hard thing. How, you it know, really how is. do we, how, we kind of got to pull ourselves out of stress most. So the best way that I think when you see any of these numbers that are really starting to spiral in their stress number is just to love them really well and mm-hmm. let them know you're here for them. Ask them how you can be here for them during this tough season um, because in a way, everybody's got to kind of pull themselves out of stress. It's right. a tricky thing. That is tough. Okay. Um, so where does the five go? Yeah, fives go to seven. Really? And so, so you know, here, here's a five, you know, rocking yeah. along that's, you know, that's kind of trying to be private and not, you know, put themselves out there too much. All of a sudden going to this number, you know, the kind of every day is a snow day number. Right. And so, so when fives go there in a healthy way, if they go to seven in a healthy way, that's where fives can just take themselves a little less seriously. Hmm. And fives can try a few new things and can say, let's, let's not just kind of assume that there's not going to be enough. Let's assume there's going to be more and, you know, move from a scarcity to abundance mindset. That's a wow. beautiful way that fives can take care of themselves and stress is, is don't hunker down fives, actually lean into abundance, lean into 
more, lean into the universe's good. Um, but when seven, when fives go to seven in an unhealthy way, that the, the test is if you see a five starting to become really reckless, because that's different for a five. Fives aren't reckless. They're right. not frivolous. They're not reckless. They don't take a lot of risks. And when you see a five starting to take some unhealthy, reckless risks, that's your clue that they are spiraling toward the bottom of their stress number in seven. Right. It's cool to see how each of these numbers, when they move into a stress level and, and start moving towards a different number, they take on both good and bad. So for the five, they take on just being with people, the enthusiasm, but then also taking in the reckless side. So when Absolutely. you move into stress, it's not always the negative side of a number, another number. And I love how you're putting that. That's so fascinating how a five will move into that recklessness but also to the fun side of a seven. Yeah, absolutely. So, so then um, when you go to four, fours go to two in stress. Okay. And so here's the cool thing about that. Fours are a little bit oriented to their own story and their own feelings and their own dreams. And the way that fours can take care of themselves in stress is actually to open up and to move outside of themselves and to say, okay, let me not focus on me so much. Let me go focus on helping somebody else. Right. So part of the way that fours get out of stress in a healthy way is by taking their attention off of themselves and putting their attention on somebody else, hmm. helping somebody else, serving somebody else. Now, there's always a fine line between helping and enabling and between loving and codependency. Right. So fours have to recognize that if all of a sudden they find themselves creating and curating codependent relationships or relationships where other people are depending on the four in an unhealthy way, hmm. in kind of an enmeshed way, that's a four sort of going to the unhealthy sides of two. Huh. Um, in times of stress. Right. So, so fours kind of move into helping people, loving people, but then also can depend on people too much and codependent exactly. or, or try to get people to depend on them too much. Okay. That's the, that's the real danger point, huh. you know, because the danger point for twos is I want you to need me. That's right. the danger point for twos. Twos have to watch that. So fours, when you're moving toward two in stress, you have to watch are you just trying to get people to kind of depend on you so that they need you and can't leave you? Right. You know, are you the centerpiece of these relationships in a loving way or in a manipulative way? That's always the question that twos have to kind of wrestle with. Interesting. That is fascinating. Okay. The three, we kind of already talked about yeah, it. If there's anything yeah. you want to add on, they go yeah. to a nine. Absolutely. So threes go to nine. So remember in the healthy way, that's where threes can kind of get out of their own achievement and sort of get a little bit into a tamped down. Let me do a little bit less. I mean, I don't always have to be going to the next big highest peak. Right. I don't always have to be growing bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, nines are a little bit more mellowed out and a little bit chiller and just right. a little bit. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's good self-care to do less. So right. for everybody who's a three in this season where we're, you know, locked in and we're quarantining mm -hmm. and all that stuff, the temptation for all the threes is, I'm going to use this time to write my book. I'm going to use this time to, you know, tackle the world. I'm going to get this, you know, finish this degree. You know, I'm, I'm just going to do, 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 do. Right. And, and threes actually, what would be healthy in some of these seasons say, you know what? And you need to use some of this time to not do and some of this time to turn off and some of this time to rest and to stop. 
Um, because I'll tell you, one of the things that I think we're going to have to talk about for threes in this, in this season of working from home is when threes work from home, they're never not working. Right. And, and that's a tricky thing, you know, for, for threes, actually, sometimes working from home is dangerous because threes don't actually know where are the boundaries between when I should be working and when I should not be working. Hmm, Um, And so threes, you got to watch that. And you got to learn from nine, which is a little bit, just do a little bit less number. Right. And of course, the unhealthy side of nine that you have to watch too is just when it's just a total isolation, turn off, turn down, get under the covers, you know, uh, picking some kind of numbing strategy like, you know, food or alcohol or TV or, you know, shopping, whatever the numbing strategy is. Right. You just have to watch for that. I can definitely feel some of that. I don't think that I could ever be the guy that works from home. Yeah. Because I, I understand that I would always be working, that there would yeah. never be a work-life balance. It would always be work with life sprinkled in. And Absolutely. so that is so interesting. And I also realized the it's almost, almost for me, like social media, big decisions coming up, lots going on. The nine in me will, will move back into something that's comfortable and that can yeah. almost just take away everything on the outside, all of the stress. Right. And then it's just me and this object, this food, this, this social media, and then there's nothing else in the world. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. interesting. Very interesting. So where do you go, Hunter? So I go stress. to eight, wow. I go to eight <laughs> which is a really weird journey, right? Because, you know, twos are, are usually agreeable and they're trying to right. make everybody happy and they're not trying to rock the boat. And eight, of course, is a number that can be a little bit aggressive and a little right. bit intimidating. So the good thing about that is eights know a word that twos don't know. And that word is no. In, mm. uh, it's a two-letter word. It's not in the twos vocabulary. If you ask me to do something, usually the answer is yes. Right. You want something from me? Yes. Can I do something for you? Yes. Um, eights, they, they, they're a little bit more boundary than two. So right. as a two, if I'm going to take care of myself and stress, I'm going to have to learn to say no. And I'm going to have to learn to do less, kind of like we talked about a little bit for the three. Right. Um, I'm going to have to learn to keep better boundaries between myself and other people. And, and that's a good, and I'm going to have to learn to, that, you know, not everybody deserves you to be totally open and vulnerable. You know, twos sometimes wear everything on their sleeves mm-hmm. and that can, that's not always healthy. Because not everybody has kind of earned um, your full, total, complete vulnerability. And twos can kind of learn some of that from eights. But then when twos go to eight in an unhealthy way, that's where twos can rage. And it really surprises people. Right. And, and somebody who's usually so agreeable can explode. And so twos have to really watch that kind of anger and rage building. If anger and rage is building in you as a two, you're in stress. And you've got to figure out how you go to the healthy side of eight and say no and put up some boundaries before you explode on everybody that you love. Interesting. And I've even seen that play out in, when a two is almost boiled over, that they come into the very explosion, the the no, the I'm an eight. And it's, it's interesting right. that it's like you see these tendencies, but you don't always think about them until they're really, they're laid out like you are right now. Right. Fascinating. Right. Okay. The one, the where one. does the one go? Ones go to four. Okay. And so here's the interesting thing about that. When ones go to four in stress, the healthy way that they go to four is, you know, ones, they're, they're either or, but fours are both and. Mm-hmm. And so if in stress, ones can learn that there's not just one way to be right. There's not just one way to get out of all this. There's right. not just one right answer. 
but actually they can lean into the both and they can lean into um non-dualistic thinking that's a beautiful thing that's a great thing right um also ones you know ones sometimes don't make enough room for artistic expression because they're so busy cleaning the bathroom right and so if ones in stress can actually say let me let me try on in this stressful season some artistry let me try on um, doing something creative let me try on doing something expressive that's actually going to help the one now when ones go to four in an unhealthy way when they go to the bottom of four what they find there is they find a lot of narcissism they find a lot of self-righteousness. They find a lot of the whole world doesn't understand me. Everybody's out to get me. I'm on my own island all by myself. Right. And so if you see yourself as a one feeling like you're living on an island by yourself and nobody cares about you, thinks about you, understands you, wants you, all that, then that's a clue that you're at the bottom of four in stress. And then you need to kind of pay attention to that and ask, how can you get out of that to right. something healthier? Huh. So interesting. And I love that we had this discussion, especially now and everything going on and being able to know where you move in stress is just a part of leadership and being able to know yourself so you can lead yourself and you can lead others. So Hunter, how do we take this? Because life is going to throw us stress. How do we take the information that you have given us and that we apply it to our own leadership? The best way is you got to kind of know what you're going to do in stress before you're in deep stress. Once you're there, it's a little bit too late. Right. So for all of us who know our number, you need to now know what it looks like for you to go get unhealthy stuff and healthy stuff from your stress number so that you can recognize when you're picking up the unhealthy stuff. And if you wait until you're in the deepest crisis of stress, it's probably going to be too late. Right. So do it now. Um, go on and recognize, you know, for, for me, recognize what is high and low eight look like for you, what is high and low nine look like, you know? Right. And, and so that we can understand when we are picking up some unhealthy stuff. Hmm, that is so good. I love that. Hunter, uh, one more question for you. It's what we love asking everybody we have on. Um, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? If you were to look back 20 year old Hunter, what would you tell that person? Or what does the 20 year old right now need to know? You know what? That's a great question. And so uh, my, my main kind of 30,000 foot answer is if you can spend some time knowing your Enneagram number when you're 20, and knowing yourself really well and deeply, that will serve you so well. Because I go, I teach people all the time in their 50s and 60s who are just for the first time learning what the language of their personality is. And they tell me, I wish I had this when I was 20. Hmm. So you've got to start doing this work now because if not, your personality will take over and will get you into trouble. And so this is just, I just can't encourage enough. This, the time to do this work is in your twenties because this is when you're deciding who am I, who am I going to live with? Who am I going to be? What am I going to work? What am I going to put my energy toward? And if you can make all those decisions through knowing yourself really deeply, you'll make better decisions. Hmm. That's so interesting. Well, Hunter, thank you so much for your time. This has been so beneficial. I've loved it. I've learned so much. We'll have to do it again sometime. Absolutely. Let's do it. Thank you. Thanks, Hunter.